So hello and welcome my CEO leaders. I wanna welcome you to another episode of the Karen Janine podcast where we overcome obstacles and remove fears so that we can live our legacy lifestyle. So we can live the life that we've only up to this point either dreamed about or written about in our journals. You know, before every episode gets started, we read our legacy life motto. And it's our goal that with every episode, maybe a little bit more resonates with you, but at some point you will begin to live every line of this legacy model. So this is the legacy life model. Don't be afraid to jump into the updraft to soar high. Replenish and use your energy wisely. Like an eagle, you soar majestically. Breathe in peace. Start each day with intention and a grateful heart. Be good and do good in the world. Dream big dreams. Keep your expectations high and your standards higher. Become all that you imagine. Take a risk and fall in love with being imperfectly you. We start at yes, be free, and live your wildest adventure. Go, take time to live the life you desire. Face your deepest fears. Be unapologetic about being yourself. This is your legacy life. Never settle for anything less. When I wrote that legacy life model, I wrote it with you in mind. And as I began to continue to read it week after week, I figured that you needed to have more. And so from the beginning, like we all have a beginning and we have an end. From the beginning, you were destined to dominate. And in the end, it's your hope that you will leave a legacy. It's that dash that's in between that's up to you. It determines what type of legacy you will leave and what type of legacy you will live. It's your life actions. And so we want our listeners to have a roadmap to living their legacy life, right? The legacy life model that we just read about, I want you to have a customized roadmap. So we created a special training just for you. And you can find that training at bit.ly forward slash financial wealth starts here. And that'll be in the show notes for you to take full advantage of. And so I want to get right into the episode. We have a special CEO leader here with us today. Her name is Cindy Costley. And our topic is one that I don't think that we've addressed before. And so at the top of this, at the top of the new year, it's really exciting but at the same time necessary in order for us to dig in and uncover some of those things that maybe we've been covering up before, or maybe we just haven't really found a way to talk about it. So today, Cindy is going to be talking about childhood trauma, its effects, and our natural protections. I know it sounds a little heavy, but like I said, it's really necessary. So Cindy, go ahead and just you know jump right in. 
tell us what this is all about. Tell us how it's, you know, how it has affected you and just do your thing. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really, really excited about this. And first of all, I love that list. Like as you're reading each one, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, very, thank you. What a beautiful way to look at like achieving things in life versus stuff, right? Achieving those goals that you talked about that you listed are just, you know, it, it, all it can do is bring in you living your powerful life that you're meant to come here and live, right? Yes. Each of us are. So I love that. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I guess I'll just dive right in and, and talk a little bit about how my body has um, been this miraculous vessel to show myself and others how our traumas, how our body can, you know, responds to our traumas and it will and affects us. And so I'll just kind of go back to, I'm 54 years old right now, about to turn 55. But when I was 15, I suddenly became allergic to the world. And when I say allergic to the world, I mean almost everything. So I became allergic to all animal life completely. And prior to that, I would, you know, have to take an allergy, like maybe a Claritin if I went horseback riding. We had dogs in our house. All that stopped. I wasn't allowed to be around any, I couldn't be around any animals. And up until right now, when I'm actually doing a desensitization to be able to um, love them up, <laughs> um, I became allergic to all, almost all foods, all chemicals and most plant life. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of lived that way for 34 years. I lived on in and out of major allergic reactions. I had, you know, I, I call it my village, my beaut, this beautiful team of family members and friends that when I got knocked down, they would jump in. Oh, Cindy needs the kids to be taken to school. Cindy needs meals to her house. And I can't even tell you the amount of times that that happened over the years, over and over and over again. While I raised my kids, while I went to school, got a degree, you know, we tend to push through as humans. We just, like, I just settled. I'm like, well, I guess I won the allergy lottery. And that's just what I'm, how I'm meant to live my life. And we just, I created a, a, a means to do that with the support system around me. And then at age 48, my body said, I can't do this anymore. And I had allergic reaction to a lake. We had, my family and I had gone water skiing. And uh, within a couple hours of being in the Delta up in Northern California, I was rushed to the hospital, taken to the hospital with my husband and um, had allergic reaction that my body never fully recovered from. After that, it was one reaction after another, after another to every single thing, no matter where I went or what I did. And I quickly, within about eight months, realized my body was shutting down and I was making a choice. I told my husband, I said, my soul wants to dance. And it's going to happen here on earth or somewhere else. Like I could feel it. If I didn't do something different, my soul was just tired of the suffering and the pain and the constant, you know, um, just being knocked down. And so I tried, I went a completely different route, decided to try everything all holistic and natural and found a functional Western doc, uh, medicine doctor that told me to try this desensitization technique. And I quickly learned, uh, also through seeing healers, I quickly learned that every bit of those allergic reactions, every single one of them was not an actual allergy. It was my body screaming at me saying, heal me, listen to me. I have something to share with you and I need you to hear me. And the older I got and didn't listen, the more, the louder it yelled. 
And it turned out that every single one of my allergic reactions were caused from childhood trauma. So I had had severe trauma at age six, 14 and 15. And at 15 is when I became allergic to everything. And my body basically said, I'm going to protect you by keeping you away from the world so that this never has to happen to you again. Wow. So I've got a question. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about um, settling and like you had just decided at some point you had decided like, this is my life. I won the Mm -hmm. allergy lottery. Where did you learn that from? Or what, what was it that kind of made you settle into that position versus deciding to do something else earlier on? Well, I, I have to say I tried everything. I mean, we went to UCLA, right? 16 years old. I was having major tests done. Um, throughout the years, I tried every natural, holistic, and Western technique that was available to me. I did the allergy shots. All I did was make things worse. I had reactions to my allergy shots. Um, I Everything that I did, you know, when I went to the doctors, the the what do you call it? You know, Band-Aid helped, right? So when I was really severe, the steroid or the, you know, uh, antihistamine that they put me on did improve things, but it was literally just a Band-Aid. It never stopped it. We never got to the bottom of it. Um, I, I was diagnosed years later when all this started happening at age 48 with a mast cell disorder. And so wasn't, I realized it was not just allergies Um, but unfortunately at age 15, they just didn't know enough about mast cell disorders back then. It's become much more prevalent and talked about and under, and doctors understand it more, but there's still a reason for it. Right. And I had, had all this trauma. Now it's important to know that at age six, I had completely suppressed it. So I had no memories of a molestation that happened to me at age six, zero memories at all. But what happened to me at 14, which was with a group of young men, I did have memories. I remembered every bit of it. And I chose not to say a word to anybody. Mm-hmm. I chose to to protect the individual that was supposedly my close family friend that was there that night. And I knew he'd go to jail and I knew it would break up our families. And so I never said a single thing to anybody. And then at 15, uh, when it happened again, my mom did find out about that. And uh, she put me in therapy. I did three years of therapy and never said a word about the other trauma, not one word. Mm. So I actually healed that one quite a bit because of the therapy. And and that was not the major contributor to all the allergies. Mm-hmm. But I because I spent all those years joyful and happy, I thought that I had gotten away unscathed with those traumas. I literally thought, okay, I have these allergies, but so much worse could happen to me. I could, it could be so much worse, right? Mm -hmm. Doctors, we couldn't, there were no, there was no solutions. So to answer your question, I just settled because there was no answers. Mm. And I didn't, I never tied it to my traumas because when you hear about trauma, you hear about, you know, emotional distress, people drinking to cover up the traumas, right? Anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, all these other problems that are more mental and emotional than physical. So I just didn't know that what my body was doing was screaming at me. I had become allergic to every single thing 
in my surroundings during those three traumas. So tile floor, because one of them I was on the, t- on the floor. Um, grass and trees, one of them I had, I don't know how much like you want me to share, like speak. Share as much as, you, as much as you're comfortable with, because somebody listening needs to hear it and it's going to unlock something in them that's been holding them back. It's been the obstacle or it's been the fear that has kept them from living that legacy life. So as much as you are comfortable with sharing, please do. Okay. And I will. So at age four, so at age six, I was molested by a neighbor, suppressed that. At age 14, I was, I had been um, sent to Georgia to be with some close family friends. And my, this young man that was there, um, who was the fan, you know, one of the family members took me out with his friends. I had never drank a day in my life. And he gave me out, they gave me alcohol, which was Everclear, which is like the worst alcohol for anybody to drink, not alone a 14 year old drinking for the first time. So I passed out. I woke up naked in a forest with four or five. And I say, I don't know if it's five because I'm not sure if my friend participated or just watched, mm-hmm. but I, wa- I woke up with the five of them and four of them at least on me, like everywhere. And I had become allergic to, and then at 15, I was raped. So what had happened is like the 14 year old trauma, I became allergic to humidity because it was in Georgia. I became allergic to the trees because that's the first thing I saw when I woke up from being passed out. Uh, The grasses, because I was laying naked on the grass. Um, The smell of any of that, the smell of the cologne the gentlemen were wearing. So I became allergic to all colognes. Um, Anything that was in my digestive system, anything that I could see, feel, touch, or even hear is what created allergic reactions all those years. So my body was trying to tell me to listen. I'm not just having this allergic reaction. I was actually being told, I need you to remember, I need you to remember this. I need you to process it. I need you to heal it. Mm-hmm. Right. But I didn't know that because I was so joyful and I, and I really felt blessed for so many, I really did. I, I didn't, I did not have a lot of people have like a victim feeling and I never went through that. I instead stayed very happy. I used to tell my girls, you never want to have happened to you what happened to me. I never said what happened. I just said, you never want that to happen to you. And I would talk to them about how to respect their bodies and how to, you know, be with men and stuff like that. And what alcohol would do, but I never shared the story. And again, it's because I thought I had just gotten away with it and I didn't. So you also mentioned, you said a phrase that I'm going to borrow. Yeah. (laughs) My soul wanted to dance. You had gotten to a point where you said, my soul just wants to dance. But it sounds like you had been dancing, or at least you thought you had been dancing with the joyfulness along the way. During your healing process, did you recognize or notice that there was any similarities in the past or at each one at some other moment where your soul wanted to dance and you had just like overjoyed it or you joyed yourself through those moments yeah that's such a great question I've never been asked that I I will say that I I felt a lot of joy 
raising my kids, going to school, a lot of pride, like, you know, proud of myself. But until I healed, I had no idea what I didn't know. So I had no idea the freedom that comes with being fully authentically yourself, the freedom that comes from feeling your feelings and your emotions and healing. You know, I, I did not know. I never learned how to feel sadness, how to feel anger. My body just immediately reacted with an allergic reaction. So even this week I've been dealing with a friend who I'm losing. She's 39 years old and she's passing. She has a four-year-old son and I've been extremely sad, but my sadness first shows up with severe itching of the eyes, which would to many people feel like an allergic reaction. Now I know, oh, I need to cry. So I still feel it physically first, but I've learned to recognize that what, what my body is trying to tell me, because I don't, I still have a hard time feeling the sadness until I allow myself to. And so this week has been a huge win for me because I've realized, oh, this energy, which is really just the energy of the sadness in my eyes, I'm not allergic to the rain or to something that just happened, which is what a years ago, I would have just always taken a Benadryl or a Claritin. And now I know, go sit down and let your body feel what it wants to feel. Mm-hmm. And that is a gift that we give ourselves, you know, sadness, anger, frustration. It's a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. The very first time I ever got in touch with my sadness, um, I had been, I had gone up North to see my brother and I stay in their motor home because of their animals when I, when I visit them. And normally we all hang out outside and that weekend it was pouring rain. It was the Dodger playoffs and there was something going on with the Raiders. So my husband, my brother, his wife, my son, who was up going to school up there and his friend were all in the house the whole weekend. So I was in the motor home the whole weekend and they kept coming to check on me. Are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. This was only about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, I'm enjoying my book this, you know, it's raining and I'm just enjoying some quiet time with my book. Well, I was lying to myself. I wanted to be in there with my husband and my, my son who I hardly get to see because he's away at college. I wanted to be laughing and watching that game with them. It makes me cry thinking about it now, but I didn't know that I even felt that sadness. Mm-hmm. So I got home and I was sitting with my spiritual therapist at the time, my spiritual um, mentor. And I, and as I'm telling her the story, I started scratching all over and she goes, do you see what's happening? And I, at that point still didn't even notice what I was doing. And she says, you're tearing yourself apart. You're not, you're not okay with being in the motorhome all weekend. And I just thought, what? Wow. You're right. And so she sat me on a table and I, she said, I want you to, or she laid me down and she said, I want you to talk to your sadness. And I said, hi, sadness, literally. I said, Mm -hmm. hi, this is the first time I'd ever talked to an emotion. I said, hi, what do you want me to know? And this is what she told me to say. And I literally heard it say, know me, feel me, let me be a part of you. I'm here. Acknowledge me. And all the itching stopped. The rashes that were popping up on my skin went away. Everything calmed down at that moment because I acknowledged that I was sad, that I really wasn't okay with being in that motorhome while everybody else was in the house enjoying each other. And that was a very, very powerful moment for me because from that moment on, I decided I'm not going to let my emotions hurt my physical body anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's been a journey 
But, you know, going back to like living our full, authentic, powerful lives, if we don't get real with ourselves, if we don't allow ourselves, listen to our body and, and, and hear what it's trying to tell us, we don't ever get that chance to be fully authentically ourselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to pause right here for a second. I'm going to yeah. go back. I'm going to recap our topic and then just bring out some gems that you brought out so the listeners can they can just kind of connect and see where they fit in a sense in the space, right? So you talk okay. about childhood, tra- your own childhood trauma. But for some of us, as we may have, and some of us may have been fortunate enough to not have any trauma, but you talked about how your childhood trauma and each of those physical, some physical attributes of the childhood trauma, your body took and said, Here's my natural protection against this happening to you again. And what it came out as for you is it came out in the form of an allergy. Mm-hmm. What were some of the doctors saying or describing or telling you at the time? Was it just allergies? Like, hey, these are allergies. Take these allergy pills and these steroids. Or were there some other medical terms that were used during that time that at some point became invalid because they didn't work? The the doctors really were puzzled and they, they really just believed it was one isolated allergic reaction after another. And so it was, well, when you have it, take this, right? And when you have it going on, take this. And when you can't get it under control, let's give you this steroid. And that's what I did for 34 years. And I, again, tried a lot of holistic things as well. And what I learned through this and and what I love that I get to teach others now is that we're all so unique that there is not one pill, holistic or Western. There is not one pill, one magic mat we can lay on that's going to heal us. One, you know, wave the magic wand and you're all better because we all are being called to heal whatever happen to us at any point in our lives, the stressors that affect us. I know you said not everybody's had trauma, but everybody has gone through some really stressful times at the minimum in their lives. And it affects us. And, you know, when you look at the average person, most people that go through trauma, they are masking it, right? Their bodies are protecting themselves by, you know, the anxiety that keeps them from going out of the house, right? Or the depression, or the alcohol that they're drinking so they don't have to think it, feel it, right? So all the the ways that we manage our trauma and our stress are, are different and unique, but it's really the same message our bodies are giving us, which is feel me, know me, heal me, release me, right? Let me move on and be, let, let heal the past so you can move on and be the best version of your future, in your future. Yes. I love it. And this is why I love having these conversations. And I love bringing different wisdom to the table, because whether we are CEOs in our lives or CEOs in a business, we are all CEO leaders and we all have a vision. We all want to have a life where we can't, where our soul can just dance, where we can feel good and, and feel that joy. And so it's one of the reasons why I, as a financial leadership development consultant, I start with the leader first, 
Because oftentimes when we have a vision, we have layers of things why our vision needs to be fulfilled or how it can be fulfilled. And so if I don't address the leader first, so from an inside out perspective, so I take the business, there's an inside out perspective. I focus on the CEO. Then we get to the CEO leader. It's an inside out perspective. And so we kind of take two two layers in inside out to get you to fulfill your vision. It's the main reason why I do the work that I do. And we've created this course called Vision to Victory so that individuals who have a vision, again, because we all write about something on a notepad and our notebooks, we dream about it, we think about it. But sometimes it's like, why am I not fulfilling my vision? Now, there are some who can push through, push through, push through. And I also want you to talk about that too. Push through and they actually fulfill their vision, but then something might knock them off where it doesn't sustain. Yeah. Where it's not sustainable. And so I created this course, the vision to victory in order to address again, that two layers in of inside out, because I just don't want you to have a vision that you fulfill. I want it to be sustainable. So when we create the business plan and the financial model to match, Mm -hmm. it is something that you can sustain and really feel my soul is dancing day after day, moment after moment. And you even know how to shift when the things aren't necessarily working out the way that they are or that, that, that you had planned them. So Cindy, if you would for me, because we spent some time talking about this, talk yes. a little bit about you having reached an incredible level of success in fulfilling your vision before you found that your soul wanted to actually dance. It didn't want to just pretend dance. It wanted to actually dance. Talk to our, our listeners about that. Yeah, I asked about 12 years prior to, um, you know, becoming ill, I started a business and I built it from the ground up and it was a coaching business and I was thriving and doing really well. And I had employees and we had turned it into a, a corporation where we had a, so- we were building a software platform to help with other individuals that also had the same business. And I was very excited about it, very proud of myself. And then I got ill. And I, at that moment that I knew my soul wanted to dance, I had to make a difficult choice. And here I had spent years, years and years. It was about 10 years at that time, um, you know, building this business and just really had to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. But I chose to, I got to. And this is where, you know, you hear like entrepreneurs, like you you fail sometimes and then you succeed. And I really had a hard time. I struggled with that because I thought I will never do this again. I will never try again because I felt so defeated. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- and that's when I actually did have some of that victim mentality because I thought my business, like my health stopped my business from succeeding. Right. And what I learned is that I needed to learn everything that I learned in building that business so that once I healed, And I started bringing my gifts that I was meant to come into this world to share with the world. I knew I I needed to have learned all of that so that I can now take 
everything that I've learned, because I work with, you know, individuals that are suffering from these allergic reactions and help them find their underlying answers to them. And I could never have done that had I not had that successful business. So we can't give up on ourselves. You know, we get to realize that we're here for a purpose Mm -hmm. and what we think that purpose is, because I thought that purpose was my old business. And what I learned is that, no, I just needed to learn everything that I learned. And now I'm actually serving my purpose because once that I've healed. That's awesome. So without giving, because I know you're, you're rebuilding and you're rebuilding with a, um, on purpose with a purpose. So without necessarily giving away too much of your, um, of your secret sauce or your planning of how you, how you're going to do the business, how would you suggest or encourage entrepreneurs or our CEO leaders to build in some of that where they create something that's maybe sustainable where they don't have to take that hard stop? Are there, is there anything that they should be doing or could be doing in the meantime so that it makes their business more sustainable for the long term where they can really build something that their health doesn't make them do a hard stop? Yeah, that's such a great question, Karen, because what I really try and encourage anybody I come in contact with is don't wait until you're almost dying like I did. My body gave me a lot of signals for many years before I got to that point that my organs were shutting down. My liver and kidneys were literally shutting down. So I had the knowledge and I didn't listen to myself. I put the business and building that business before my own well-being. I put everything else before my own well-being. And I think, you know, you can understand this, that we don't have to work 14 hours to succeed. That's a myth, right? When we're, when we're really living in our true, like our true light and doing what we're supposed to be doing, and we're really, truly focused and the the amount of time you work isn't as, as important as what you're doing while you're working. So if you're making those right decisions, if you're really spending your time effectively building your business, you can do it in a shorter period of time and spend time taking care of you. Yeah. And that's what I didn't do. And I think, so to answer your question in a short answer, it's learn to listen to your body, Mm -hmm. learn to listen to that message because not only did I have the allergic reactions, but I, at that point was dealing with major migraines. I was dealing with um, exhaustion. I wasn't sleeping at night. And I look back and think I did all that and still worked, you know, 12, 14 hour days to try to build that business. Mm -hmm. So I, right now building this new business, I will never put my business before my health. Mm -hmm. I will never put anybody else before my health. I matter just as much as everybody else. All you listening, all your listeners matter just as much as everybody else. And when we learn to love ourselves and honor our needs, it all balances. Mm -hmm. Success just happens because we're not pushing against ourselves. We're not fighting against ourselves. Mm -hmm. I love it. So success is, success is going to have, it's the byproduct of you working to take care of yourself first. Yes. On what matters and the success Mm -hmm. will follow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
we strive as humans for balance. And I had a coach once that said, I like to say, instead of striving for balance, because that always feels like you're out of balance, striving for something. Mm -hmm. I like to say, you know, strive for um, peace, right? Strive for peace. Don't strive for balance, strive for peace. Because when we have peace, then we are, you know, that means we have it in all areas, Mm -hmm. in our business, in our personal world, everywhere. And yes. that's a win. That's when we are winning and are thriving. And that's when our souls are dancing. Yes. Peace means when you were saying that, it's like I felt centered. Like peace means that all cylinders are firing off at the right yeah. levels and they're firing off in a manner that does not give me overwhelm. It doesn't give me, you know, a feeling of fear. Like you said, it's just like peace. So whenever, whatever yeah. you think of, like, I love the water. And so thinking of the water being a place of peace, I can visualize that. And I know what that looks like. I even know what it sounds like. Um, And so I love that. So before we kind of, you know, wrap up and I give you, uh, we have some, some final words. I want to want you to talk a little bit about at the time that you found your new holistic like practitioners, can you talk about like that process? Like, because you had already gone down that road, so to speak, like yeah. you had already tried everything. And so you very well could have said, there's nothing else left for me to try, yeah. right? Because I've tried holistic. So can walk us through a little bit about um, you finding that person or those team of people at that time of your life and like where did you go differently what did you do differently that you conceptually you had already done before yeah that's a really good question because I was so surprised when I heard when I learned of this treatment that I had to do and it was in my own backyard and I thought I had tried everything but what I learned from my experience is when we're really ready and we say yes So, you know, when things just fall in place for us. So I, when I knew my soul wanted to dance, I knew I didn't do it different. And so the one different thing that I did is I hired a spiritual healer to work with me. And that was the only thing I hadn't done in the past. And what she did is help me every day say, show me the truth of who I am. No matter your faith, no matter what you believe in, We all deserve to know the truth of who we are, why we're here. Because I was not meant to be the girl allergic to the world forever. That wasn't my truth. I had taken that on as my truth, but that was not my truth. So when I started saying it, honestly, Karen, the right person just showed up and showed up and showed up for seven years. Every time, if I needed a hypnotherapist, boom, one was like at my door, like in front of me. It was the most, it was crazy. So the first thing I did was, I I actually flew to Massachusetts. Um, My niece knows a functional medicine doctor named Dr. Mark Hyman. He's pretty well known in the holistic world and he's very hard to get an appointment with. And she was able to get me in. So my sister and I jumped, my sister grabbed me one day and she's like, you are dying. And I just started crying. I said, I know. And she said, we're going to go see this other doctor. So we flew to Massachusetts to see this incredibly amazing human functional doctor named Dr. Mark Hyman. And he helped me see things differently. He helped me understand that there's so much more out there than we could ever imagine. 
And then I came home, I needed to find a functional doctor that was closer. So I didn't have to keep going to Massachusetts. So he got me on the road, but I found one. And the first thing he said to me is you need to start NAET. And I had never heard of it. And it was a desensitization process that really healed me. So between the spiritual healers that I brought into my life, I, I, and, and then my medicine, my medical doctor, and then my own willingness, like I started listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza. I read his book, um, you are the placebo. And that was actually the first time I went, wow, if he could do it, I could do it. Right. If he can heal himself, why can't I heal myself? Mm-hmm. And I, and I just started on this path and just said, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Show me, show me universe. Show me. And I kept getting all the answers. So when we get out of our own way, we are all, we have the most amazing guidance available to us in whatever faith you have. And it's just a matter of getting out of our own way and stopping and listening. And that's what I did. And that's why I was able to heal. And I healed every aspect of my life. Like I ended up healing my relationships, my finances, my everything. Like it was insane how much work I've done, but I put in that work and I'm really grateful that I chose to. And I said, yes, because now my life is beyond what I ever could have ever imagined for myself. Yeah. So it's the same, it's the same work ethic, right? That you put in when you didn't put yourself first, because we will burn the candle at both ends of the stick and we will go all in like you said, for everyone else and put everyone else first. And we do that sometimes incredibly well and at a very high level. And so what you did is you said yes to you and you took that same work ethic and put it into you and saying yes to the truth of who you are. Yes. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love it. So Cindy, thank thank you. you for sharing your story. Listeners, I'm full. I'm really full with gratitude. I'm full with knowing that I have the power, right, to be able to heal and change the way that I view things, to change the truth of some of the things that don't serve me well, right? And that's what this podcast, that's what these kitchen table conversations are all about. So I want Cindy to give us some last and final words of encouragement or just wisdom um, share with the listeners before we say goodbye for the week. Okay. Well, I, I always like to, sh- to end by with a share by saying your body knows everything you need, everything. And, and muscle testing is a whole different topic we didn't even get into, but your body knows how to tell you exactly what you need at all times. So if you pause long enough and learn to listen, what is that little body ache? What is that little backache? Do I need to get up and step away from this computer? Why is my ear ringing? Do I need to, you know, go and meditate? Do I need to calm my system down? Am I feeling anxiety? Why am I feeling anxiety right now? Like learning to pause throughout the day and listen to what your body is telling you is life-changing. And I I wish that upon everybody that they learn how to listen better to your body. Yes. So thank you for those final words. Now for, again, listeners, I want you to go back and listen to this as many times as you need to. I also want you to do it with the free gift that we have. Listen to this, especially if this resonated with you. If you can 
stand to change your perspective about maybe the truth of what you've been believing, I want you to grab that five pillars and sit down and do your own customized map. And then when you're ready, I want you to take some time and to dig into that course, The Vision to Victory. It'll all be in the show notes. But Cindy, I can't thank you enough. And we may need to jump back on to kind of dig into that other topic, the thing that you talked about. I can't even pronounce it, but that thing. (laughs) What you shared so far has been incredibly good. And I think that the listeners have a lot to chew on, right? It's a lot to chew on and a lot to reflect that they can figure out where they fit in and where maybe they haven't been telling the truth. They've been suffering in silence and they have not been listening to their bodies. I think that's enough to kind of, you know, chew on until we get a chance to get into our next episode. So Thank you again for joining us on the Karen Janine podcast, where we overcome obstacles and remove fears that get in the way of us living that legacy life. And now that get in the way of allowing our soul to dance. So next week, we'll be right here again, sharing wisdom and sharing tips, just talking about something business, something life, something about money all the things that could get in the way of us living our legacy life. So again, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thank you for having me, Karen. Yes.